Welcome to Mortification of Spin, a casual conversation about things that count. With Carl Truman, Todd Pruitt, and Amy Bird. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Let's join this week's conversation. Well, welcome to Mortification of Spin. I'm Amy Bird, and I'm here with my two ever-so-valuable co-hosts. There is the treasured friend, the esteemed pastor, the excellent, what was it? Hold up the cue card, please. Yeah, I I wrote these things down for you, Bird. You should have. Pastor of a megachurch, Todd Pruitt. And then I was told that I could introduce Carl as the one and the only Carl Truman. And today I'm delighted to have another guest. So I'm not stuck with these two guys by myself. I'm so delighted to announce that we have an interview here with Colleen McFadden. And she is the director of women's workshops at Simeon Trust. How are you doing, Colleen? I'm great, and I hope I'm also your treasured friend as oh, yeah. Todd is. Treasured right. friend. Yeah. And the one and only Colleen <laughs> McFadden. <laughs> right. The one, the only Colleen McFadden. She's the only Colleen Everyone. McFadden We've I think got I've ever her today. talked to. Yeah. She's so. the only Colleen McFadden you've ever talked to? I think so. Wow. wow. Then it's okay. true. I am the yeah. one That's and true. only. The Absolutely. one, the only. Well, I'm so happy to have you on today, and I'm real happy. We've talked about Simeon Trust a little bit when mm-hmm. we had we got to um, talk with David Helm. David Helm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, today I'm real excited to hear kind of how you got involved with Simeon Trust, Colleen, if you could uh, tell us a little bit about that and, and what it is that you do there. Yeah, the Simeon Trust was started back in 2001, really with a vision to help pastors be better preachers. Specifically, we use the word exposition. We We want pastors to be better biblical expositors. And it comes from the vision that we want to promote the growth of the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout the world by equipping and training biblical expositors. So we do that through holding these three-day workshops for pastors and now also for women Bible teachers. We have an online course, and we also have a commitment to residential training back in Chicago where we're we're, can I say we're headquartered? We're not really a corporation, but we're, <laughs> we're, where we're based, uh, we have a residential training program there for interns that I actually participated in that for a year. And David Helm runs our organization. We're really grateful for him. And it, let's see, I've been at Simeon Trust now about 11 years. And it was David Helm that came to me to, uh, that said, I was a woman who worked in business. I worked in marketing and I really enjoyed that job. But he saw that I had a an interest in theological things. I'd actually started some classes at a local seminary there in Chicago. And he asked if I joined join the Simeon Trust. Honestly, I all I wanted to do when I joined the Simeon Trust was to help pastors be better preachers. Mm-hmm. Not that I was going to be training them myself because I wasn't a preacher. I wasn't trained to be one. I, I, I have no desire or aspiration to do that. But I was in a church, in David Helm's church with a few other pastors, who taught me how to understand my Bible simply through preaching it well. Mm -hmm. And I wanted other people to experience that too. So whatever I could do to support that, I was all in. So when I started 11 years ago, I just started with helping organize some events and uh, getting to know people and help spread the word. And 11 years later, I stuck with it. 
So when did the um, women's workshops develop? Yeah, the women's workshops didn't come until 2011. And they started out of women attending our workshops for pastors. Actually, they didn't really attend. They sort of creeped in the back and <laughs> sat at, in a chair in the corner. Because awesome. they, they wanted to learn what the pastors were learning. Because there are women who teach the Bible, just like men preach on Sunday morning. There are plenty of women who desire, who are gifted, who need to be equipped and trained to teach the Bible, just like a pastor would on a Sunday morning. So they would creep into the back of the room and, and listen in. We had that happen enough that we said, we really need to be doing this for women too. Our main goal is to come alongside the pastor. I mean, that's where we feel Primary discipleship happens in the local churches mm -hmm. in the Sunday service. But women, or some women at least in the local church, are gifted to do this as well. And so we wanted to have an appropriate setting where we could have gifted, experienced female expositors be teaching and modeling this for others. So, yeah, we've been going now about eight years or so, I guess, with the women's side. Mm, that's really exciting and I, i've i've attended two simian workshops and women women's workshops no no but uh yeah the, the, <laughs> we didn't like incognito he blends right one, in yeah, exactly um but and 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 they were they were excellent incredibly helpful and uh, i would just encourage pastors if if you have uh, you know an opportunity to to get yourself to one of the simian trust um, preaching workshops you want to do that i found the two that i attended to be very sharpening and great teaching they always focus each seminar on a particular genre of scripture or a particular book of the bible and then you there's some lectures and, and they always use really excellent teachers guys like david helm of course and and uh, mark dever and, and others who, who just do an excellent job in the large groups and then you break into small groups and you actually develop sermon outlines and and work on things like that and kind of grade each other but it's not intimidating you you talk through it you give insight into each other's conclusions and um it's a very helpful exercise and i'm a big believer in the ministry it's it's really well done i'm glad to hear that you were not intimidated because a lot of women actually get intimidated why were you not intimidated just so women can hear that yeah that's a great question because i tend to be a little introverted but you get into <laughs> sorry <laughs> boy oh boy this is why you never say anything about yourself around carl truman yeah. um, colleen i want you to know that if you're ever in a situation to say anything about yourself around carl truman just don't do it okay i'll just talk about you Tom. there you go there you go that is todd's, <laughs> favorite, that is todd's favorite topic of conversation <laughs> um but it's actually because it's a good question because i think some pastors might avoid it because of the small group aspect and you're actually you go home the, those two evenings from the the day-long seminar and you have some homework you know you're working on a sermon outline and you come back and you present it to your small group and all i can say is that it never felt intimidating uh the people that they use to lead those small groups they coach them well i think in creating an atmosphere mm. where it is not it's intimidating important. yeah really and so i always felt very comfortable coming in with with my ideas on an outline and then discussing it with guys it never felt uh like you were being graded it never felt like you were you know in an environment where a guy was there to kind of trash your work 
um, it, it felt very affirming and ended up because of that being very helpful. I'm glad to hear that's how it works on the men's side because it's just like that on the women's side too. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm not in, in the men's workshops in the small groups, but from my experience in the women's small groups, and, and the small group is really the heart of our workshops. Yes, we right. do have main sessions mm-hmm. where we present different principles of exposition. You know, how do you study the Bible with an eye towards teaching it? But it's in the small groups where you get the benefit of a workshop. You've been assigned two passages you come together in your small group, you present your work, you say, listen, this is what I think the main idea of this text is. This is my teaching outline. This is how I'm going to teach it. This is how I'm going to apply it to my listeners. And then you get the awesome opportunity of having six other female expositors, six other peers, women who are doing the exact same thing that you get to do, which is teach the Bible. You have them sitting around you, helping you make progress. So we're not out to cut you down and tell you how horrible it was. We're out to help you make progress mm-hmm. because guess what? In the next session, your your friends, the six others, they got to present their work too. And they want to make progress mm-hmm. too. So we, we want it to be, treats each other. Right. We want it to be an encouraging, affirming time, but we also want to make progress. And who doesn't want to do that? And it's interesting, you know, I, I love the fact that there's a women's workshop because I remember the, the two times I attended a, a workshop, one of the thoughts I had during both of those was, and this would be great for anybody who's teaching the Bible at any level, just because the, the principles you're given in, in how to find the main idea of a text, you know, what, what Helm calls the melodic line, which I think is a great uh, metaphor, how you find those and, and how best then to uh, uh, communicate that, you know, supporting points, all of those kinds of things, which are really helpful in teaching the Bible well. There are so many principles that can be applied to a Sunday school class teaching or, or a Bible study teaching that would be really helpful for anybody who's in those roles. Yeah, and we actually really see that, at, especially at our women's workshops, because our, our men's workshops are right. primarily the preaching pastor that's going to come. For the women's workshop, women are involved in so many different types of teaching ministries. So you have the classic women's Bible study. We get plenty of those. But you also have the children's ministry director who she's in charge of perhaps teaching children, but also in charge of training other volunteers to teach. She's in charge of choosing good curriculum that would be biblically based and and actually do exposition to. We have biblical counselors that come. We have youth leaders that come. There's so many different types of teaching ministries for women that we just get the gamut at our workshops. It's really fun and exciting to see all the different ways. Even even curriculum writers. We have women Mm -hmm. who write curriculum. Maybe they're not upfront teachers, but they have to write curriculum for their women's Bible study and they get so much out of it too. Do you find, Colleen, there are typical mistakes? So many. That women so many. Make in the, so, so many. <laughs> well, Karen Pruitt made a huge mistake about 28 years ago, but uh, we'll set that to one side. Uh, other, uh, other sort of typical patterns of mistake that, that Bible expositors in general make, women in particular make, that you come across in these seminars time after time that, that are fairly easy to to rectify, but people may not be aware of until they're pointed out? Sure. I, I can think of a few different ones. And honestly, they're all ones that I've struggled with myself that I've had to get better at. Um, one of the biggest ones that I've seen just in ministries 
that I've attended or also in our workshops is distilling a text down to one main idea. So when, when you have to stand up and teach, I, I think there are a lot of women, including myself, I, I need to keep growing in this, where you have done so much work on a passage and you are so excited to tell everybody about everything that you've learned that you give an information dump of, of all of this information without any cohesive main thing that you want to get across. And as a listener, it's really hard to hear someone teach like that, to just hear a bunch of information being dumped on me. I want to distill one passage down to a main idea. I want one conclusion so that they, that, so that my listeners can walk away with something and, and, and it's simple and it's clear and it's memorable. And, and it, as a teacher myself, I want to be able to have it memorized, not, not so that it's, you know, fancy and catchy and people can remember it. I want it memorized so that every time I look at my notes to think about what I'm saying, I know I'm always trying to get back to that one main thing yeah. I'm trying to get across. Man, uh-huh. that's hard to do. And I'm sure pastors struggle with that too. But that I would say that's the one of the biggest things that I see. Um, and in our workshop, we have a great tool that we talk about. It's a tool called structure, where we look at how different texts, uh, different passages in the Bible are organized. And through seeing how, how a text is organized by an author, you can see an emphasis that, that um, comes out of it. And that emphasis is usually where you're going to land on your main idea. So just looking at a, a few simple tools, using a few simple reading strategies, you can come a long way in making progress on just being clear as a teacher with one main idea. Mm. Yeah, I would say... That's something I struggle with. And I think one reason is because, you know, when, when you're the teacher, you're so enriched by the study. Yes. You just learn so much. And it's, it's you want everybody to be able to, to go through that same thing. But it's a different experience when, you know, you're trying to figure out what to leave in the study and, and how to communicate your main argument then in a lesson. And this is one of the challenges that, that preachers face as well. I mean, obviously, um, the, the idea of of distilling down to kind of a main um, idea, and that, that's where that that uh, that that metaphor from from Helm is so helpful. You know, the melodic line. What is the what is the one melody that's playing through this particular passage that you want to come back to time and again and make sure that everything's anchored to? That was really, really helpful for me the first time I, I, I heard it, and I still, I still use it, and I still go back to that idea of, of the melodic line. Colleen, let me ask you, is, is, there, is there typically um, in, in the women's uh, workshops, is there, is there a particular um, book or resource that, that you all recommend or use routinely um, in the training or, or, or encourage the women to, to, to read and, and use as they go on? Yeah, well, there would be two resources that I highly recommend. The first is basically a workshop in book form. So if you want to go home and have more study on this, it's called Expositional Preaching, written by David Helm, who who runs our organization. It it just goes through each of the principles of exposition um, with examples, right. walking through how you study a text. I think that's really helpful. It is. One, one particular book that I recommend almost at every workshop for women is 
a book called Saving Eutychus, written by an Aussie and an Irishman, is what they call themselves, uh, Gary Miller and Phil Campbell. It's published by Matthias Media. And the reason why I, I always recommend that at women's workshops is because it's a book that's, that explains more how to get a text across. So at a Simeon Trust workshop, we work really hard to get a text right. What does this text mean so that I can get it across? And I find at, at, among the women, they want a lot, they're, they're longing for more help in how to get a text across. In other words, okay, I've done all this work in a text. I've got my main idea. How do I write a manuscript? I've never done that before. I haven't had a preaching class in seminary. I don't don't know where to start. Where I think at our men's workshops, the pastors who come, they're used to doing that on a weekly basis. So they don't need that much as a resource. But on the women's side, they're dying for that. They're dying to know, how how do I write illustrations? What's an introduction supposed to look like? you know, how do I faithfully connect to the gospel uh, for today's world? Um, things like that. I just, I think Saving Eutychus is a, is a good resource and it's really short. So it doesn't feel overwhelming when women are just starting out in this. Yeah. I should add that Gary Miller is one of my oldest friends. We're both uh, vintage of King's College Aberdeen, late 1980s. So clearly anything he writes is going to be most absolutely <laughs> there you go i taught him everything he knows i taught him everything <laughs> he <knows>. sure <laughs> he was falling asleep in your classes probably yeah. i was like there's gotta be a book to help yeah. this yeah, guy he was inspired <laughs> by carl truman to write something about good communication yeah katrina uh, i had the pleasure of hanging out with gary and uh, fiona in australia last year great couple I, uh, Colleen, I haven't had a chance to go to Australia, so I just wanted you to know they that. They have fairly strict okay. standards about who they let in, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold your breath on that one. <laughs> but I did get to go to New Jersey, so there. Okay. There it's you go. The Almost, it's just like that. Same thing. Yeah, yeah that's what I figured. Well, um, I was wondering, since you guys do really focus on helping the local church and, send, and sending them back into the local church, the pastors and, and the women Bible teachers and, and whatnot, um, do, do you guys get a lot of follow-up after your workshops and or in any ways that you can continue to work with them after the workshop and they go back and might have some questions now that they're trying to apply what they've learned? Yeah, we do. I would say the most common way that we have follow-up is they come back to another workshop. Mm-hmm. So when we commit to go to start a new location for one of our workshops, men or women, it's a long-term commitment. We don't go into... Uh, a workshop location, let's just say we were to start one in Newark, New Jersey. Uh, we don't go in once and say, okay, now you're trained. Now we're going to leave and never mm-hmm. come back again. We commit to Newark, New Jersey. And we say every year we're going to be here. And you, every year you have the like opportunity that. to bring your work, to get feedback on it. We, we liken it to the idea of spring training in baseball, mm-hmm. where every spring, uh, the, the baseball teams go south and they work on the basics. They're not working on phenomenally new, you know, breaking new ways to hit a baseball. Right. I mean, you, you hit a baseball, you catch, you run, you sprint, you slide in the base. I don't know all the terms because I'm not a huge <laughs> baseball fan, but all that to say, uh, you go back to the basics to study. And no matter if you're a rookie just starting out on the team or if you're an all-star and you hold the world record in home runs, you are all going back to the basics and practicing and getting feedback and getting coaching and making progress so that you're ready when the real season comes. 
So as far as follow-up for the local church, I would say that's the biggest way that people just keep coming back to our workshops. And for the men's workshops, you know, they've been going on for so many years. You get guys who have been to, you know, 15 of them. And mm. since we do, we focus on a different genre or a different book of the Bible every time, there's always new material. Right. Um, for the women's workshops, yeah, I would say, you know, half the ladies that come to any workshop are return attendees because they just see the value of continually sharpening their skills and, and making progress. Because the thing is, when you teach the Bible, I don't know, Amy, if you've ever seen this among women, I'm not sure how it is for the pastors, but I have asked so many women in my local church throughout the years, hey, you know, I'm going to do this talk, say I'm Philippians 4, will you give me some feedback when I'm done? And the feedback I get is usually, that was wonderful. <laughs> I just loved it. it you mm -hmm. have such a sweet voice, or I actually don't <laughs> get anything helpful mm -hmm. <laughs> that can help me make progress. So that's where the workshop is really handy to, to come in and, and give uh, uh good um, feedback from people who are doing the same thing you are. So it's from peers, you know, from right. colleagues, from people who are under the same pressures that you are. Uh, that would be one way that we, that we would interact with the people after they go back to the local church. The other way is we have an online course that we've created and we, we created it because of actually kind of what you're talking about, Amy, where Women or men, too, they would come to our workshops and say, wow, these principles are phenomenal for just studying the Bible. I would love to pass these on to other people in my church, whether right. it's going to be to lay elders, to my children's ministry volunteers, to wh whomever it is. Um, we said, please use these principles and teach them. And they begged us for resources to be able to do so. So we created this online course where in video format, you can watch these videos that work through our principles. And then we give you homework to uh, work on together as a group, or you could take it as an individual too, just for some continuing education. Um, I mean, there's nothing that beats in-person uh, teaching. So I always encourage any of the women who come to our workshops that want to bring this back to their women. I say they're welcome to use the online course. It's a great resource. It's a great tool, but I, I want them to learn the principles well enough that they themselves could then teach it. And that, that would be a dream of mine. Mm -hmm. if, if they would go back and just teach it themselves live to their ladies. Right. Because then like there's more discipleship happening in the church. It's not just stopping with them. Yep, but they're absolutely. teaching other people to teach. Yep, that's right. We're all teachers. Yep. Yeah. How do you see this connecting to local church eldership, Colleen? In the sense of teaching yeah. the Bible or in what sense? Yeah, I, I was thinking uh, you're one of the, the questions that comes up typically when talking about women teaching the Bible is the question of church leadership, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm assuming that you have some kind of model in mind as to how women's Bible study or, or this sort of teaching would be accountable to, to the, local, the local eldership. Do, do you have particular models uh, for that, or is that something you really leave uh, in the hands of the women who, who come to the session? Yeah, I mean, that it's, it's a difficult question to answer because we have – so many different types of women that come to our workshops and they come from so many different churches. I mean, we've even had female pastors come, you know, women who are on the egalitarian mm -hmm. side of evangelicalism. So uh, I would say at our workshops, we don't make it a practice to talk about those mm -hmm. things um, because we're really focused on 
how to understand the text better in order to teach it. Um, I mean, I'm always happy to chat with women afterwards and and give them thoughts that I have. But yeah, in any church, you're going to have different ways that that works out, um, depending on what your elders have decided. And wow, that's, I mean, that's opening up a whole new conversation (laughs) about women's roles. I mean, I would just, I would basically say though, women are gifted to teach. And I think that we need to have settings in our churches where women can do that. And we're going to differ on the areas where that teaching can happen, but it needs to happen. I I don't think we we should ever squash that uh, that gifting in, in the women in our church. Well, Simeon Trust is such a good resource, I would think, for elders who see that, okay, we have these these women here who have kind of theological vigor, maybe a charismatic personality or showing some leadership qualities, but um, you know, we need to invest in them some more to help give them training they need. And, and they could be um, great investments in the whole church then to be able to maybe sponsor some women to go to something like this. Well, and, and you think about it because, I mean, we've talked about this numerous times in the past about how oftentimes uh, the women's ministries of churches are kind of a theological, you know, wasteland. Uh, we lament so many of mm-hmm. the books in in Christian publishing that are written for women. Well, you know, one of the remedies for that is giving women some of the same resources and same training that help uh, elders be good Bible teachers. We, we ought to be supplying some of those same resources uh, for the women in our churches who are teaching, because even in, you know, uh, very, you know, conservative complementarian churches, y- you still have women teaching, women teaching on various levels and don't you want that to be good? Don't you want that teaching to be to be excellent? Of course we do. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, Benefits the whole church, not just the women. Absolutely. Of course it does. Because if you have a women's Bible study, if you give me a choice between someone who's had some really excellent training and know how to teach those women well and faithfully, that's what I that's what I want. Because it will not only benefit them, it will benefit their families and benefit the whole church. This is a good thing. It's a great thing for the women of your church to be biblically literate and to be biblically uh, have biblical depth of knowledge. I, I just um, I, I hope that that will be a, a, a Plus an we need to sharpen the men. What's that? We need to sharpen those men in church. You know, those men need to be sharpened. Of course, you know that you know Amy's a feminist, and so we're, we're struggling <laughs> through some of that feminist outrage machine. Well, yeah, she is. She is, and so it's my new band, feminist outrage machine. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, well, this has been good, and, and and I can tell you, as I mentioned before, I, I would encourage you, uh, pastors, um, elders, to check out the, the Simeon Trust. Go to their website, see if there are uh, seminars that are going to be held in, in an area that, that that's close for you, that you can get to it either as a pastor for one of their uh, pastor's training time, or, or to get women in your church to one of their workshops for 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 women's teaching it is an excellent resource i've benefited from it myself and um, i encourage you to uh to take advantage of it for the uh for the sake of your church again is one of the things i love about simeon trust is they have a an understanding of the ministry of the word that if you're a reformed protestant you share that same high view of the ministry of the word and what happens when the word is is properly preached and taught and Simeon Trust is doing a, a great job in equipping folks to do that. So, Colleen, thanks so much for joining us. Um, you know, it, it's not everybody who's going to be willing to come on the mortification of spin and have to deal with Amy and Carl. And so thank you for for doing that. 
Um, well, I figured David Helm survived. Right? <laughs> he did. He did. You know, Dave, David strikes me as a guy who, who's not too intimidated by anybody, though. So he's that's a, he's uh, a Todd Pruitt type introvert. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, again, our guest has been Colleen McFadden of, of the Simeon Trust um, Ministry. And, and again, Colleen, thanks so much for coming on. Um, if if uh, if you would like to um win a a free copy of a premium that we are offering then you can go to our website mortificationofspin.org and uh, uh, register to win a copy of one of the books that colleen has recommended it's a book called saving uticus and i have it um i've read at least half of it it's really good um and and now it's so short you've only read I, well you <laughs> see you see colleen there's no pictures in it and so no 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 it, it's it it is in my stack actually and uh, it, it is i mean i can tell you um uh, the, the half i've read is excellent and yeah. uh, and i i i recommend it plus plus as soon as he's read sports illustrated he's going to be on to uh, <laughs> but yeah. if you would like a copy of saving uticus and i do recommend half of it um the half i've read was it the half by gary or the half by phil <laughs> go to our website mortificationofspin.org to uh, to register to win a copy of this excellent book and if you are so inclined just be reminded that mortification of spin is a listener supported podcast and so we'd love for you to consider making a financial donation to the alliance of confessing evangelicals which you can do right there from the website and uh, that will go to help uh, maintain uh, this ministry and some of the others that the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals seeks to do by equipping the church. So we would love for you to consider that. Thanks again for joining us. And until next time, this is Todd Pruitt signing off for Carl Truman and Amy Bird. These boots are made for walking And that's just what they'll do One of these days these boots are gonna walk all over you Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Visit the podcast page and blog at mortificationofspin.org, where we'll have links and other articles from Amy, Carl, and Todd. And while you're there, please subscribe and consider making a donation. And be sure to listen next time when Carl, Todd, and Amy talk about... We need a disclaimer. You know, the following show contains scenes of explicit Presbyterianism. <laughs> right. Baptist discretion is advised. <laughs> we are very thankful for our Baptist listeners. You don't know any Baptists. I know Baptists. I live next God. door to Baptists. Uh, okay. We'll talk to you next time on Mortification of Spin. Okay, well, I guess we'll get started. Um, Why don't you kick us off, okay. Amy? And uh, Do you guys want me like announce you guys as like professor and a pastor and all that? I would like you to announce me <laughs> as a treasured friend, treasured an friend. esteemed colleague, treasured an excellent pastor, esteemed. and a man of demonstrable intellectual powers. Demonstrable? Ooh. How about... Monstrous. <laughs> <laughs>